Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Christ. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The famous English poet George Herbert wrote this couplet, Humble we must be, If to heaven we go, high is the roof there, but the gate is low. Isn't that essentially what Jesus is saying to us? Saying to those first hearers of this parable, go low. This he says to those guests at that feast, at that dinner that was at the house of a Pharisee, one of the religious leaders. And they've been scrambling for the place of honor. And in the ancient days, the place of honor there was at the very center. So they were trying to get as close to that place of honor as possible. And then there was a whole hierarchy of seating all around this U-shaped dining room. And so Jesus has watched this game of musical chairs. And uh, this musical game of musical chairs was one in which you were trying to display and advertise your own status and honor. Because if you were able to secure a place that was a little higher than other people might put you, then you just made a, an upward move in society. It was a good thing. So you're trying to you're trying to push it and get a little higher than you would maybe normally be allowed to go. So Jesus is watching this and he, he is saying something that shows that their scramble for social approval and this horizontal approval of others mirrors also their scramble for approval from God and that they scramble to seek God's approval based on their own merit and their own righteousness. Just as they seek to gain the merit, uh, gain the uh, respect and the honor of others based on their own sense of status, their own sense of self-worth. Not in a good way. We're not talking self-esteem here. We're talking pride and arrogance. And Jesus essentially, when he, he tells them to go low, to humble themselves so that they would be exalted, um, rather than exalting themselves only to find themselves humbled and put in their place, Jesus quotes practically quotes from the book of Proverbs. He knows his scripture so well. 
Here's what Proverbs 25 says. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. Doesn't that sound just like what Jesus has said? And Jesus, all too often when you see in the New Testament, someone quoting the Old Testament, they knew their Bibles way better than we knew our Bibles. They had their Bibles memorized because they didn't have their own personal copy. And they were so used to hearing the scripture read aloud that they knew the whole passage. They knew the reference. So that if Jesus were to quote this parable, they, or, or something like it, when he does this in Luke chapter 14, those hearing him recall this other proverb, this proverb in Proverbs. And you see the one difference between the two sayings, between what Jesus says and what they say. Jesus is talking about the presence of the king and honoring oneself in the presence of the king rather than allowing the king to honor one. Jesus is himself the king, the king of kings and lord of lords. He is um, lord over all creation. Um, He is lord over all creation because he is sent from the Father. He is one with God. He is unified with the Father and the Holy Spirit in the triune God, the Godhead, as we say um, theologically. They are the three persons are one God. And so when Jesus says this proverb from 25, uh, chapter 25 of Proverbs, he has not only scripture in mind in the past of Israel, but he has also his very near future, what will happen to him very soon, and his distant future. For what is it that will happen in his very near future? Is there an image that you think of when you think of a banquet table and someone right at the very center of it? One of the most famous famous images in Western art is, of course, that Last Supper painted by da Vinci. And there Jesus, the guest of honor, the king, is surrounded by all of his disciples. He is at the very center. He is indeed the king, and he knows this, and he has this future in mind. He has even the far distant future of the wedding that, would ha- that will happen at the end of all time, that marriage feast of the Lamb, when all, things, uh, all, all who love and worship God and believe in Jesus are brought in to the wedding banquet of the Lamb. There will be a wedding feast, just like he says in chapter 14, the wedding feast of the Lamb, and God will be at the very center, and even maybe Jesus at the very center, since they are one. And those who are seated around him will be not those who have exalted themselves in this life, but who humbled themselves. And I mean this humbling not in a material way, not in a social way, although yes, those as well. But the humility that Jesus is talking about is that very same humility that he himself displays. And he displays it um, in being born as that little baby in Bethlehem. Philippians 2 says that he humbled himself, though he was equal with God, he humbled himself to be born, to become a man. And then he humbled himself even further, even lower down, to die on a cross. So, and then he is exalted after that. If Jesus walked that way of humility, then so must we. And yet, our way of humbling ourselves cannot come through any strength of our own. 
It's not just do like Jesus, be like Jesus, follow his example of humility, for his humility is the humility that is the utmost, to the utmost extreme. Well, how do we go low? How do we humble ourselves? In the passage just before this one, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but when we, we have scriptural passages and lessons, sometimes we'll have verse 1, skip to verse 7. This was one of those. If you look on your sheet, it says Luke 14, 1, skip ahead to 7. So what happened in verses 2 through 6? Well, in 2 through 6, at this same banquet, Jesus has healed a man with dropsy. This is a Sabbath banquet, and it upsets everyone. And Luke, the physician, tells us specifically that this man had dropsy. Well, what was dropsy? I'm not entirely clear, but the commentators say that it was a disease that caused you to be puffed up, bloated up. Well, pride is a way of puffing ourselves up. St. Paul says that uh, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Well, Jesus has just depuffed this man with dropsy. He healed him. He healed his physical body. And he can heal our diseased souls. Our souls diseased by pride and arrogance. The puffing up that we do so naturally. The puffing up that's not the good um, self-confidence that's helpful and that everybody touts in our age. I'm talking about the pride that would step on anyone that gets in our way of self-promotion. Jesus depuffs us when we are near him because it is, in fact, his very example, his very righteousness, his very beauty, his perfection that shows a mirror to our own selves. Isn't that what St. Peter said when he um, encountered Jesus on the Galilean Sea? And Jesus said, put down your net. And he put it into the water, and he drew out that miraculous catch of fish. In the face of that miracle, of that greatness of Jesus, he fell to his knees. I picture him falling to his knees in an unsteady boat. And he says, depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. We stay near to Jesus because we see when we are near to him, that, ref- that mirror of ourselves. We see ourselves as we truly are in our flaws, in our sin, and we're less tempted to be proud. And so Jesus, by his very being, depuffs us. And then, because he himself has humbled himself and gone to the cross, he lifts us up. He lifts us up off of the ground. He lifts us up and he draws us near to him. He lifts us up and he says, friend, come higher. Come and sit by me in the banquet that I have prepared for you. And so as we come to the table today, as we receive once again the bread and the wine that is the body and blood of our Lord Jesus, who gave his own self for us, we're free. We're depuffed. We're on the ground and then we're raised up. We're healed and forgiven through Jesus. And so for that we can say, thanks be to God.